Good morning and welcome to worship this morning. Let's see. Oh, there we go. Now I'm on. Uh, that's okay. You warned me that you might mute me today. Isn't that what you warned me? Uh, no, Dustin would never do that. A um, couple of things I just want to remind you to uh, fill out the attendance sheets this morning and then also uh, your offering and tithes can be put in this envelope. Both uh, can be put in the offering plates on the table uh, back there as you, uh, as you leave later today. But welcome to worship. Um, today is Father's Day, right? Happy Father's, Happy Day. Father's Day to all of the fathers here. And um, hopefully you get an opportunity to uh, celebrate with your family uh, later today um, and um, have that opportunity to, uh, to be with uh, family today. And so uh, we wish all of those worshiping here and online a happy Father's Day. Uh, let us uh, now turn our attention to God, um, our Heavenly Father who embraces us and adopts us and, and loves us with a, a fatherly love that goes beyond any human love that we can know or experience. Let us gather this day, uh, coming in anticipation and expectation of experiencing God's presence afresh and anew, so that we might hear the Spirit, allow it to shape us and form us, and send us forth into the world. I invite you all to stand as we join our voices together and sing Build Your Kingdom. Come set your rule and reign in our hearts again. Increase in us, we pray. Unveil why we're made. Come set our hearts ablaze with hope. Like wildfire in our very souls Holy Spirit, come invade us now We are your church We need your power in us We seek your kingdom first It's the poor and peace. We lay down our lives, Lord. 
So this last week, our, uh, our youth group joined together with the youth group from the Plattsburgh uh, United Methodist Church. It's actually called Broadway United Methodist Church in Plattsburgh. We had um, 14 of our kids join us throughout the week, and they had four, uh, four or five each day um, throughout the week. And so we spent the whole week, we spent three days in Plattsburgh, we spent three days in Cameron doing mission projects and bonding together and having a wonderful time. And so I took a lot of the pictures that we had and put a short video together that we'd like to show now. It was such, a, such an awesome week. Um, when we got to Plattsburgh on Sunday night, uh, we walked in and they welcomed us as we walked in. And just immediately, the two groups came together and, I mean, they were just instant friends. It was just awesome to see them connect from the very beginning all throughout the week. We were, and I said this at our last night that almost immediately we weren't two separate groups we were really one group all week long and uh it was just an awesome thing that we got to work in both towns got to experience working with other youth groups meeting new kids making new friends but also building on the relationships we already have with each other and uh every every night closing with worship and prayer um it was just an amazing week all week long and so the kids worked really hard and uh, so thank you guys for all the work you did this week. Um, there was one little moment, though, where we had some trouble with the lunches because Daltrey couldn't find her sack lunch. And Kellen was already halfway through the sandwich before we realized he had Daltrey's lunch. <laughs> so, so we gave him a hard time about that all week long. So, um, But it was a wonderful time and uh, had a great week. To Good weather, a little warm, but good weather to do it in as well. Um, I'd like to ask if you'd all just please join me in a word of prayer. Holy God, I thank you so much for these young men and women that, uh, that took time away from their busy schedules to come and be a part of this week. I thank you for all the adults that took time as well. We just pray that, that the work we did uh, made a difference. But even more than picking up the limbs, we pray that the conversations that we had as we were pulling limbs out of a fellow's yard and, and we got to actually visit with him and talk with him and say, we're from the church. Hopefully, in some way, we showed him your love in our action and in our words. As we handed out food to many people, Lord, we pray that they were fed physically, but we pray that our presence somehow touched them spiritually as well. And all the little things we did, and painting park benches, cleaning up parks, somehow we hope that that just makes our communities more beautiful for people to enjoy. 
and somehow draw them closer to you. It's fun to do things with friends. It's fun to have our, our friends and make new friends join us in these ways of serving you, but how much greater it is to know the holy purpose that we gather in service of bringing them closer to you, showing your love in action, putting hands and feet to the grace that pours over us and extending it out to the community around us. God, we're so thankful for you. And I pray that somehow through this week that we was a great example of what it means to fully serve you in word and in deed. Bless those that served in the kitchens. We thank you for Dustin and the amazing meals that he prepared for us and the fellows over at Plattsburgh. So many that gave resources to help with our projects. We thank you so much for the amazing week. Touch each heart that was blessed by this week. Move it ever closer to you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Let's all join in our song, next song, Good, Good Father.
We're going to wrap up taking a look at uh, these first 11 chapters of Genesis that we have spent uh, a couple of months now looking at. Um, And I just want to remind us where we've been. As we have uh, looked at these first 11 chapters, um, we, we have seen that God is a God who creates, who creates with purpose and intent. A God who brings order out of chaos, uh, creating a a loving community in which uh, humanity and all of creation is called to live in harmony with God and with one another. And we are reminded that uh, God intended what God intended this world to look like. Um, We are reminded that God delegated in the midst of creation, He delegated uh, to humanity this precious uh, stewardship of of the world, and that he invited um, us to be his agents in this world. And unfortunately, we have seen how as humans we have not done such a great job, how when we have failed to uh, trust God uh, and and go our own ways, how we um, can mess up this beautiful creation that God made. And in fact, we've seen in the first 11 chapter where uh, early on uh, that things got so uh, bad that, that humans were headed down uh, a path of bringing destruction to themselves and the whole world, and God looked down at the world and decided to just uh, hasten um, us in that pathway. But before doing so, he, uh, he identified uh, Noah and Noah's family. Um, uh, he identified a group of, of folks, a remnant of folks through whom uh, he would uh, rebuild and start over. And so um, even as we looked at that and we saw how God rescued Noah and, and how he started over, we have seen uh, that as humans, we still have this clash between um, following our intentions and following God's intentions. And so um, we uh, get to the end of this uh, passage or this end of this story in uh, Genesis here. And um, as, we, uh, as we close, I just want to see where we end up here. Last week we talked about the Tower of Babel, and this week we're going to uh, read the last few verses of Genesis 11, and then we'll venture into Genesis 12. But uh, here are these words at the end of Genesis 11. These are Terah's descendants. Terah became the father of Abram, Nahor, and Haran. Haran became the father of Lot. Haran died while his father, Terah, was in his native land in Ur of the Chaldeans. Abram and Nahor both married. Abram's wife, Sarah, and Nahor's wife was Milcah, the daughter of Haran, father of both Milcah and Ishkah. Sarah was unable to have children. Terah took his son Abram, his grandson Lot, and his, and, and his son Abram's wife Sarah, his daughter-in-law. They left Ur of the Chaldeans for the land of Canaan, and arriving in Haran, they settled there. Terah lived 205 years, and he died in Haran. Wow. Not the the most exciting ending to the first 11 uh, uh, chapters of this uh, this passage. Now, it's hard for us as we we hear this passage. I think it's hard because we know who Abram is. 
We know that Abram is the father of our faith, is the father, uh, and that there'll be many more stories written about Abram in uh, the Scripture. But here it tells us that, that Abram is one of three sons of Terah. Uh, and one of his brothers has died, and Abram has taken a wife, and she cannot have children. And we're told that Terah takes his family, they leave Ur, which is over toward Babylon, and, um, and they're traveling on their way to Canaan. Uh, but to get from, uh, from Babylon to Canaan, you can't go straight across the desert, you go up and over. And, and they get up to Haran, up in the northern part, which is around Syria and Turkey today. And for whatever reason, they stop and they settle there. And that's kind of where we are left with the story. And as we hear this story, we have to begin to wonder, is this line, is this line of Abram and Terah, is it going to end here? I mean, Abram is married, but Sarah is barren. She cannot have children. And so here at the end of chapter 11, we have this story, even though we know that there is more to the story, it's good for us to stop and to pause and to realize that the descendants of Abraham, this wonderful faith that we live in, it started, it started in Haran with this couple who being barren also were hopeless. Would their lineage end there. And yet, um, we, we know the rest of that story. And in fact, if we, if we continue on and we read in chapter 12, um, we see that God speaks into this situation. Just as God spoke at the beginning of creation, uh, just as God looked down upon the watery chaos and decided to bring order out of that chaos uh, to shape it and form it and to fill it uh, and to make it a place where people could flourish, God speaks into this situation of barrenness and hopelessness. And he speaks these words to Abram, which we read in chapter 12. The Lord said to Abram, Leave your land, your family, and your father's house for the land I will show you. I will make of you a great nation and will bless you. I will make your name respected, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And those who curse you I will curse. All the families of the earth will be blessed because of you. Listen to this, this wonderful uh, promise that God makes uh, to Abram in, in the midst of his barrenness, in the midst of, uh, of what seems like hopelessness. Um, God says to him, I will bless you. I will make you a great nation. I will make your name great or respected. And, and all nations of the world will be blessed. We, we love to jump to this promise and to this blessing, but I want to back us up. And before the promise, I want us to hear the first words that God spoke to Abram. God said, leave or go forth. 
He, he called Abram and said, go from your land and from your family and from your household. This, this go forth, it is, a, it is an imperative that I'm not sure whether it, it, we look at it as a, as a command or an invitation, or maybe it is both. God says, go forth. Abandon your hometown. Leave behind your uh, family. And, and remember at this time, uh, if we read the story correctly, Terah, his father, is still alive. And so for one uh, to leave his father's house before uh, he has died is to um, to abandon family. It is to relinquish all that he has known. God calls him to leave the safety of Haran, to leave the safety of family, and to go forth. In essence, God is saying, blessing awaits. Blessing awaits. But not if you stay where you are. Blessing awaits you, but not if you stay where you are. Um, only by embarking on the journey, only by going toward the land that God says he will show Abram, will Abram and his family experience blessing. And in experiencing that blessing, share it with the rest of creation. Now, I don't know about you, but if I'm Abram, I'm saying, seriously, God, you can do anything, right? Just bless me where I am. Why, why do I need to leave this place? Uh, can't you bless me while I'm here, right here in Haran? Why, why do I have to embark on this risky journey? Why can't I stay in this safe, comfortable place? I, I, I know that we are barren, but, but maybe you could just change our surroundings. We're like, we would be like that, wouldn't we? We often prefer that God just do great things in our lives, that he would bless us right where we are without demanding anything from us. Uh, just change everything around us, but leave us alone. Leave us the same, yes? Don't interfere with our lives. Don't cause interruptions or, or disruptions in our lives. Change everything out there so that we might be blessed, so that we might experience your goodness and your graciousness. And so Abram finds himself at a spot where he needs to make a decision. Will he stay put and continue to experience the barrenness and the hopelessness that exist in Haran? Where he may be comfortable and yet know and hope for more in life? Or will he go forth? Trusting the promise that God had made to him. Will he go forth and experience the blessing of God? 
Well, we know the story, and in verse 4, it tells us, it tells us that Abraham packed up and he went and followed and went to the land where God showed him. And in fact, if we continue in these verses to verse 9, we see uh, that Abram, he, he goes down to Canaan with his family, and he gets there, and the land is occupied. I mean, you would think that maybe God would clear it out so he could just show up and take over, right? But the land is, the land is occupied, and God tells him again, this land I will give to your descendants. Wait a second, God. Um, can't I have the land right now? What are, why, why my descendants? Uh, um, those would be at least thoughts that would probably go through my head. But what, is, what does Abram do when he gets there? He sees the land is occupied and, and uh, he hears this promise again. It says he built an altar and he worshiped God. See, in the midst of this uncertainty, in the midst of of hearing this promise of God, but seeing little evidence that the promise would come true. I mean, after all, Sarah is still barren. There are people in the land. And God hasn't said anything about how he will receive that land, how he will become a great nation when he doesn't even have a single child yet. And Abram chooses to build an altar and worship God. It's Abram's way of saying, I think, I will continue to trust this God who has called me and summoned me. Even though when I look at at, at where I am and I look at the situation, I've got no idea how this promise is going to be fulfilled. If I think about it, this is similar to what Jesus says in Mark chapter 8, isn't it? Where he says that all who want to come after me, they must say no to themselves. Take up their cross and follow me. And anyone who wants to save their life will lose it. But all who lose their life because of Jesus And the good news, they will save their lives. Sometimes, the pathway to blessing and newness, the pathway to experience the presence of God in new and awesome ways, it requires us to journey, to leave behind old ways, to leave behind old habits, to leave behind old reliances, to enter into a risky journey uh, that requires our faith and our trust in God, to new places and new ways of doing things. And by new places, we shouldn't just understand that as new locations, But it may simply be new places within our own community, new places within our heart and within our our own selves. 
I don't know about you, but, but that seems to be the case that I have experienced this often. Uh, when, when God calls forth and he makes promises, he generally calls us to enter in and embark on the journey of faith, trusting him and trusting where he might lead us. I think that that may be the place where we find ourselves. Too often, it seems like as the people of God, we want God to change everything that is out there without demanding much of us. When we encounter new and different or we feel God nudging us to to move out into the unknown, we like to hedge our bets and hold on to our old ways. You know, I said early in the pandemic, um, maybe, maybe we need to lose some of the ways and the habits that we've had. I worry that as we exit the pandemic that we will rush back to normal and the way things were, rush back into the same rut that the church was in, being so concerned about, uh, about gathering so often, so uh, concerned uh, about uh, individual um, churches and denominations. I'm afraid that we will... Uh, unlike Abram, when we get and we see the land occupied and we see uh, that the path forward isn't as clear as we would like, where we don't have all the details, I'm afraid instead of, of staying and listening and following God, that we will rush back to the way things were within the church and within our lives and before long find ourselves in the same ruts of barrenlessness and fruitlessness. When God invites us to trust His promise, when God invites us to deny ourselves and to follow where He leads, even when we look and we don't exactly know where that is, We're going to unpack the rest of Genesis as we continue with this story. And we will see, we will see Abram and Sarah as they trust God's promises. We will see how they navigate their way. But today, let us us listen for God's voice. I think God invites us. He invites us to step out of our barrenness and our fruitlessness. He invites us to step out of the the ruts where we find ourselves. He invites us to leave it behind, to trust Him, and to follow where He may lead. Not necessarily knowing where that will end up. But knowing that it is a promise, it is a promise that we will be blessed. 
And as we are blessed, we will be shaped and formed into a people that bless others. You see, the pathway to our blessing and to the blessing of the world, it is the risky journey of faith, a journey that calls us to set all aside and to follow where Jesus might lead us, to trust and to obey, because that is indeed the only place where we will know the full blessings of God. I invite the, the choir to come forward as they lead us in singing, trust and obey, and I invite you this day, as you stand and as you sing these words, may these be a words not to just come out of your mouth, but they, may they be your prayer to God. Uh, stand, please. Three verses. First three verses. Let us go forth to trust and to obey. And may our worship not be the end of our week, but the beginning of our ministry this week as we seek to go into the world, listening for the voice of God so that we might make a true difference in the lives of the people around us. Go forth to be God's hands and feet this week. Amen. Amen.